And welcome back to the Cheers to Education podcast. I'm Zach. And I'm Bob. Hey, Bob. Welcome back. Here we are back again. Here we are. Just hanging out, enjoying our nice little Wednesday. What are you up to? Not much. Just in the office, hanging out, looking out, nice view out my window. Got something to drink there? I do. I do. I'm back on the Jameson. Nice. I got a, I got a nice cold beer here. Just finished work, so... Uh... Sitting back and relaxing, and let's talk about some education. Sounds good. Today, we're going to continue on our episode from last week when we were talking about school culture. So last week, we kind of focused on the teachers. This week, we're going to focus on positive culture for the students. Last week, you know, we talked a lot about how your staff responds to your school and what they say outside of it when they're out and about with their friends and their family. This week, we're going to talk and move over into how students support the school culture and how teachers can also support that the students support the school culture, if that makes sense. So is that, is that okay, Bob? Do you want to talk about something else today? No, 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 that sounds good. And, and I think that the, the two are really closely related in order to build a positive school culture, although we've separated these two subjects into two episodes here, one for teachers and one for students, they really kind of intertwine in a lot, through a lot of the, these different topics that we're talking about. So uh, we'll talk about different ways that we can help build a positive school culture that students can be proud of. But a lot of it goes back to teachers and principals and vice principals and even parents also. So a lot of the strategies everyone has to be a part of for it to be successful. Yeah, I agree. What's the first one we got here? Show students that learning is important. How do we show students that us as teachers value their learning and value their contributions in the class. Well, I think, I think that's more of a goal than anything else, you know, and taking a step back, I, I did write down into our notes that we should talk about telling and showing that this to the students that learning is important, but really what it matters or really how it works, really what is most important rather is creating a goal for your school, whatever that goal may be. And then pushing that goal on your students so they always know what's going on. In our notes, we talked about learning because nothing is more important than learning in a school. However, in some schools, our previous school that we worked at together, in fact, learning academics was not the most important aspect of the school. It was uh, humanistic values, humanistic culture. And that was the first thing that students experienced when they walked in the school each morning. That was the first thing that parents saw when their child was being dropped off at school were these values that our school put forth that they shared with the students. And, and that's the first thing that they saw when they came to school in the morning. Right. And all schools have a vision and a mission, right? Right. Yeah. So we want to share that with the parents and let them grow accustomed to what our school is all about, what we're trying to accomplish. And then also with the students, this, if that's probably the most important part, letting them know what our expectations are, what we see as a polished student in our school after they're done with their education what do we expect from them and what they should expect from us to get to that goal? That's right. So for the sake of the podcast, because we are teachers and we are talking about education, let's say that your school's number one goal, of course, is to provide an excellent education. And the one thing that every student should understand and know is that when they come to school each day, nothing is more important than their learning. So let's say that's your first goal for the school. That's the first step into moving into figuring out how you're going to create that positive school culture. You're going to build your entire culture around whatever that goal is. And in order to do that, you need consistency. So you need to get all your staff on board, all your teachers on board, everybody, not just the teachers, 
but the staff, people in the lunchroom, the janitors, everybody, security guards, whatever it may be, they all need to be on board with that one goal that you have in the school. Right. And then since we're talking about building a school culture that's positive for students, we can also include the students in setting the pathway to get to the goal, to have the best way that they think is possible for them to get to the goal of whatever the vision or mission of the school is. For sure. I think we were going to talk about this a little bit later, but since you brought it up now, I think it's a perfect time to discuss it in a democratic society. You know, everybody should have an opportunity to voice their concerns. And in schools, let's say middle school and high school above, even though I'm not opposed to doing this in elementary school, but creating a student council, mentorship programs, team leaders for sporting events, these, these school leaders, these groups, these councils, these associations, whatever they may be, they can get down get down they can sit down and they can discuss different topics that they would like to see in the school that could support the goal so as you said they can help pave the pathway to meet the goal but they also have to know what our goal is first i don't think they should create the the first goal the main goal i think that's why they hire school leaders to do that but voicing their opinions voicing their concerns voicing their ideas to school leadership, to teachers, it shows that everybody's on the same page, that learning's important, and it gives them a chance to have, you know, a democratic environment, a value that most schools try to uphold these days, and share what's important to them. Yeah, definitely. And then for students, as they're moving along through their path, we're giving them escalating degrees of choices. So as individuals and as groups, as they grow and learn and immerse themselves in the goal and vision of the school, the teacher provides the parameters, but the student provides the pit stops, I guess, on the way to success for the for whatever goals they have set for themselves and the goals that we have set for them as teachers. Yeah, and you know, it just, it just popped into my mind right now, but you know what, doing this, this pathway to reach the goal and showing students, let's say, for example, that learning is the most important thing that happens into a school, giving them a voice, letting them sit through student council mentorship programs, activities, or anything like that, that allows them to collectively come up with an idea. It requires a lot of self-regulation. And we talked about that in a couple episodes before, but they have to set their goals and they have to monitor how they get implemented. And they have to go back and check to see whether or not they can actually support what we're doing in the school to meet our overall goal. So I think that's interesting point to part, uh, point part. That's an interesting point to point out. No, that's an interesting thing. <laughs> That's an interesting thing to point out. Yeah. <laughs> what what Jameson are you on right now? You might want to slow down a little bit. No, that was the second one. Second one. Just the second one. Yeah. Just the second bottle, huh? Second bottle. No, I can't afford two bottles. <laughs> Life of a teacher. Mm, indeed. Yeah, and I mean, I think students can. I mean, going back to the podcast that we talked about last week, students can see. And they can pick up on when teachers believe that they're working in a positive school culture and they feed off the energy of the teachers also. And then parents also involving all the school community, including the teachers, the parents in the decision making, and then expanding the areas of decision making in which they're involved will show the students, show the parents, show the whole school community that their opinions are valued and that, that they're important stakeholders in the process of accomplishing the goals of the school. Yeah, that's right. And then 
we, we talked a little bit about what, you know, what is this uh, creating the school culture, but then how, how, the, how again do we do that? One is through, as we said, letting students build up their own little groups, their student councils, their mentorship programs, whatever it may be. So that's a, that's a concrete thing that we can do for sure. That's one concrete thing that we've mentioned that teachers can do to help promote a positive school culture for students. Another? The second one I, I say, and, and some teachers might disagree on this, but I truly believe that there needs to be consistency in the school and that setting up routines and building these habits of achievement, these habits of excellence, they must be uniform throughout the school. I didn't always used to think this, but now I do because we've put it into practice before and we've seen that it actually works. When rules and guidelines are implemented that promote that, you know, learning is the most important thing in the school. And then it's followed by all teachers and everybody's on board and then the parents can get on board. It works wonders. So that's the second thing, setting up these routines of consistency and building up habits and making sure that the teachers are on board as well and that they support them. And doing things like having meetings weekly with parents every other week, maybe once per month, even just like a briefing with parents or anything like that, just to give them an update. Hey, this is what's going on right now. This is the stage we are at and trying to build this, this culture. This is what we're doing to get towards our goal. We just want to let you guys know if you could support this at home, that'd be great because that supports us here too. But that's, that's one, uh, that's the second point. And then, uh, from a third point, uh, from, from a leadership standpoint, yeah. If, if you're in a, a vice principal position, curriculum coordinator, uh, whatever you might call it at your school principal, you should be constantly monitoring, you know, much like self-regulated learning throughout this entire process, you should be constantly monitoring your teachers to make sure that they are upholding these values that you've put in place on the way to supporting the goal that you've put in place for your students. So that's just as important because if it gets off the rails, it can get really messy. Uh, if, if teachers stop enforcing the guidelines and, and, and become inconsistent and they don't support these habits of, uh, you know, achievement, which I'm not going to say it's, it's rare because I have seen it happen before where teachers just get stuck in their own ways and they don't want to do that and they just want to work on their own class. But it's, it's like a locomotive and everybody has to be working in their, their correct position to make sure that they're involved. So in order to get teachers more involved and to make sure that they monitor this, it, it's not just done in the class, right? It's done in other places in the school, like the, the, uh, the hallways, recess duty, morning greetings, after school dismissal, all of these things are an opportunity to showcase what your school's value is, what your school's mission is, what your school's goal is. And all teachers should be on board for that and they should know their role. And I, and I think what you mentioned about the leadership team having a big part of it, that's true, right? We need, as a leadership team, you need to really believe and understand how to implement the vision and mission of the school. And I, th I think me and you can probably both attest to this because I'm sure, I mean, I know that we've both worked at schools that have had mission values that we're all, we're really on board with. I mean, a lot, a, the basic fundamentals of all schools mission and vision are always positive and always good things that, that everyone can agree on. It's just, it's, as a leader in the school, even teacher as a school, are you exuding that? Are, do you really believe it, right? And then the students can pick up on that also. We've worked in schools before where, on, on both sides, right? We've had positive experiences where people above us show us that they believe in the school's mission and vision and the, the values and the goals that they have set for themselves in their school by treating the teachers with respect and treating us as professionals, yet still 
helping us develop as lifelong learners, I guess, right? But then also there's the other side too, where we've both experienced this also, where of course the vision and the mission of, of the school was good, but the way that it's implemented by the leaders is not correct. It's important, right, for the tippy top of the school leadership to understand exactly what the vision and mission mean and how to implement them correctly. Because we've worked in a school where although the values have, have been great, and of course there's nothing any of us could disagree with students being well-rounded individuals, both academically and in their personal character, the way that it was exuded by the leadership team was not that way. They didn't really value teachers as individuals. They valued them kind of as a commodity. Yeah. And that shows with the students too later. I mean, it's kind of a trickle down effect, right? The leaders don't understand the vision and the mission, the way it's intended to be implemented. And that kind of trickles down. Then the staff gets frustrated and upset because when they walked in here and they saw these big principles on the wall, they expected something. But then when they're, when they see it in action, it wasn't actually, it wasn't actually like that. So it's the responsibility of everyone starting at the top, but also consistently throughout the chain of command. If there's a dent in the, in the chain, then it's just going to break. And then from, from there on, it's just going to be shit. No, I, I agree. And I think what it comes back to is communication and implementation, as you said. Well, you left out communication, but in terms of implementation, you're right. There needs to be just the clearest communication between school leaders and teachers to make sure that everything's implemented. When when teachers walk in the school in the morning, they should know what's going on. And when children walk in the school in the morning, they should get slapped in the face with your mission and vision. They should know exactly what's going on and that nothing in your school is more important than X, whatever your goal may, might be, let's say learning. Maybe just to, to build on top of that, it, they should be slapped in the face with it very hard, but you shouldn't have to, you shouldn't have to say it, right? It should show with your actions and the way that you carry yourself as a teacher that you promote and you agree and you understand how to implement the mission and vision of the school and they'll follow. They'll, they'll automatically, without having to tell them, this is exactly what I expect you to do by showing them that, you know, for example, in the humanistic school that we worked at, showing them that character development is important by showing a positive character in myself, the students can see that and they learn organically. No, I mean, it's just, it's what you're saying is right. It's, it's, it's been proving that effective modeling does show development in students. They, they follow it. And they can sense it as well. There is a sensory effect of it. But you model it, they can feel it, they can see it, and then they'll replicate it. So the teachers have to already, as you said before, like exude whatever the goal is and the vision of the school is. Uh, I think I mentioned it last week when we discussed it, that one teacher came to me and said that there was unclear on the vision and unclear on the mission of the school. And in the back of my mind, uh, you know, being younger and also being tired and being busy and being dumber. Yeah. I just thought, just go teach your class. You know exactly what you need to be teaching. But then when I got home and I really thought about it three years later, I realized that, uh, what the hell was I thinking? It must've been a long road home. Yeah. yeah, It was a very long road home. I had to take a boat. And now looking back on it, I thought to myself, you know what? She was right. But I probably wasn't at the time the best person to be talking to about that. It should have been more of a group discussion in, in a in a leadership setting with with all the heads of department or you know, head teacher, whatever it might have been, because 
I can always bring it up later, but I can't always implement what the principle does. So I can support it, but I can't really make changes on it. I can voice my concerns and so on. But I, I, yeah, I, getting off topic here, but going back to the students rather is teachers need to replicate and model this behavior so that they know what's going on and then they can support it as well. In summary of these points really is you just need to build consistency. You need to make sure that your vision and your mission of the school are in place and be democratic about it. Let the students understand that they have a voice in this because it is important that they get involved. They'll take ownership of the things that they create and that they establish and that they want to contribute to the school. And they'll feel good about their contributions to the school. And then when they see them enacted, they're going to feel even better. And that's one way to give kind of like a 360 approach to the education of the school and the mission of the school and the goal of the school that everybody's on the same page, everybody can contribute and everything can move forward uh, together as one between teacher, students, administrators, and so on, and even parents. But Bob, what, I mean, beyond student council, we didn't discuss this before, but I'm going to, I'm going to catch you on the seat here on, on your toes. What are some things that they can do? You know, the, the education has changed a lot since we were in school, right? So the, the, the things that we did to build a school, positive school culture when we were in high school or college even are different than what teachers and students needs are now, right? So I think putting children in charge of their learning is important. And then also making the learning meaningful, meaningful for the students and teaching them the, the 21st century skills that they're going to need and being be able to apply later as part of the workforce. So putting children in, char- in charge of their own learning and making learning meaningful by maybe publishing students' work. I know a Chinese teacher in our in our school takes his students' article writings every nine weeks and submits them to the local Chinese magazine and they publish some of them. As a student, how empowering is that to see, wow, what I've learned actually has real world application and what I can make and create right now is not just for knowledge building for later. I can apply the skills that I learned right now and make a difference in the world and you know, contribute with what I'm doing in school right now. That's really cool. That's really cool. Yeah. And, and to support that, you know, one more degree, that's awesome. They get to apply what they've learned. They get to publish it maybe in a Chinese magazine, as you said, but in terms of the school and and promoting the culture is getting all of their friends and all of their classmates on board, supporting them to do this. How do you get to that point where you're walking down the hall and someone slaps your ass and says, what? Oh, no, that's not say. You're walking down the hall and someone slaps you on the back and says, hey, great job posting that in the magazine. How do you get to that point? Because I, I know in my high school when I was growing up, nobody would have done that to anybody. Some people were even embarrassed when, when, when they did well. Yeah, I mean, it's a, I mean, you have to promote the culture of that's the kind of school that we are. You have to highlight students' achievements in a way that's not overbearing, but a way that shows that we value these kind of contributions and that we hope that more students can do this. Yeah, just, I mean, especially in our school, the humanistic, uh, when when we were promoting humanistic culture, that type of thing came around after a while. It's not something easy that pops up. A lot of people, myself included, even to this very day, if someone acknowledges me for something I did well, I'd rather just not be acknowledged for it. Like I just go about my day and my business, but looking back on it, even now to this day, I wish I could I could say thank you and, and, and feel good about it intrinsically, uh, internally, and, and feel great about it. But much rather, I, I'd, I'd not get the, the pat on the back. I'd rather just keep moving. But 
I wish I would have had it because then now I'd probably be more comfortable receiving it. I think also it kind of, it kind of relates to trust, right? So, and it, and it takes a while to build too. So your students have to be able to trust that you're an authentic person who really cares about them and cares about their well-being and really wants them to succeed. And that takes time. So once you put yourself out there as a teacher and you show students and promote the values that are important to the school and the students see that in, in your daily actions and believe that, I think they'll become more trusting and then they, they'd be open to a lot more, doing a lot more of these things. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. I like that. Thanks. Yeah, so to, to summarize, basically, building consistency, showing students, you know, the number one goal of your school, which in this case, let's say, is, is learning, making sure that all the teachers are on board, following and communicating carefully to them on how things should be implemented within the school. So everybody's on the same page. Sharing with parents is also very important because they can support you at home. And if you get support at home and at school, it's a double whammy. You get it all, it's, it's all moving for you. Create programs for students in the school that allow them to share what they've done, share their accomplishments, and get the support of their classmates and their peers, as well as giving them a democratic voice within the school by doing either a student council, uh, some type of student leadership, rather, or you can call it whatever you'd like. And most importantly, as a leader, you need to start this early on in the year before it gets halfway through the year, or one term in through the year. Otherwise, it's going to go by the wayside. So start early and monitor often. Set up a little calendar where you can do a, a school culture check or, you know, whatever it is you'd like to call it and, and just monitor the halls for 30 minutes on Wednesday and Friday and just see, are you slapped in the face by the school culture? Can you feel it? Because if you can't feel it, then the students aren't feeling it. So that's a wrap for how to create a good school culture for students. But this week, and I'm on, you know, a really bad place right now. I'm in a terrible place. I haven't won in a couple weeks. So it's time. Cheers to education trivia. And I'm going to regain. I can't regain the lead. I've only won once. So I'm going to dig myself out of a Cincinnati Reds hole. That hurts, man. Yeah. Watch my watch my boys today. Beat up on your Reds. Eight to one. It was, it was a great game. Hardly even watching them anymore at this point. You should watch. You should watch. Joey, Va- Joey Vada's okay. Giving up basically. All right, your first question. Okay, all right, let's do this. The similarities between the one-room schoolhouse to schools today reveal which of the following components? A, collaboration, discourse, professional learning, and teacher training. B, differentiation, learning styles, and student profiles. C, institutional independence, privatization of teaching and isolation, or D, all of the above? Uh, I'm going to say C. That's correct. Yes, of course. Good job. Yeah, that was a that was a good one. You're welcome. Thanks. All right. Good job, man. Thanks. I feel really good about myself. Gave you a layup there. A layup. What, a, what an ass. All right. This is a layup for you, too. At least it should be. And I don't want to hear any clicking over there. In what year was the No Child Left Behind Act signed into law? A, 2000, B, 2001, C, 2002, D, 2003. 2002. Damn it. Yes, you are correct. (laughs) It is 2002. Oh, man. All right. One to one. (laughs) Okay, here we go. School cultures are deeply rooted in the institutional beliefs in the inadequate training of beginning teachers. Lack of shared decision-making from all stakeholders. 
collective development of the school mission, or D, all of the above? D, all the above. That's right. Good yes. job, buddy. You got two out of two. Yes. You're on a roll, man. If you guys could only see me fist pumping in my office right now, I'm just so happy. All right, next question for you. And this is good, since we're both originally from Ohio. Which Ohio University is the first to grant a bachelor's degree to women? A, Miami, B, Otterbein, C, Oberlin, or D, your alma mater, Ohio State? I think it was, I'm stuck between Miami and Oberlin. I think it was Miami. A, final answer. That is incorrect. You should have gone with Oberlin. Man, that was my second choice. That's okay. All right, here we go. This is your question about booze. The best part of the day. I never got the hat trick. I'm going to get it this week. Let's go. All right. The National Institute on Alcohol Abuse and Alcoholism states that college students in the U.S. spend how many dollars on alcohol per year? Per capita? All together. Total. $1 billion, $2 billion, $5.5 billion, or $12 billion. I don't know how that works. I think I spent $1 billion all by myself. <laughs> <laughs> so it's definitely not $1 billion then. <laughs> yeah, we'll rule that one out. Uh, let's go with... All right, let's go 5.5. You got the hat trick, buddy. That's right. $5.5 billion are spent on alcohol by U.S. college students every year. That's wild. Yep. All right. All right. This one's for you, buddy. What is the meaning of caipirinha, a drink made of cachaça, lime, and sugar? Is it A, shepherd's drink, B, farmer's drink, C, peasant's drink, like you, D, teacher's drink? Oh, no, that one's like you. Sorry, not the other one. <laughs> teacher's drink. Eh, it is peasant's drink. Good job, buddy. You won. <laughs> yeah, that was good. I f I'm proud of you. I did. I feel really good. I'm going to go upstairs and kiss my wife. And uh... All right. Well, if you have any comments for us, please post them on our social media accounts, our website, and please, please contribute to our Patreon account. We need the money to buy more alcohol and make more <laughs> questions about it. And teacher supplies. Yeah. And please give us reviews on iTunes if you can. That would greatly support us as well if, if you're not ready to, to commit on Patreon yet. But if you'd like to give us a review, we'd greatly appreciate it as well. So have a great night. Cheers, dude. Cheers, buddy.